Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Kenneth Giles, who is the CEO of Symbol, which is the stock market for sports. Kenneth, how you doing? Good. I appreciate you having me on, Timmy. I'm excited about this. Of course. No, we're excited to have you on, and we like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you'd like to do for fun, that'd be great. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, my name is Ben Giles. Uh, co-founded a sports tech startup called Symbol, which we can dive into later. Uh, my background before founding my own company was um, I worked in investments. So that was always my background, analytical minded, mathematical minded, but for fun, a uh, huge sports fan. Everything to do with sports, whether it be playing pickup basketball, kind of pickup pickleball, any of that stuff, or I'm a huge Green Bay Packers fan, a uh, huge NFL fan. So this fall, um, you know, spent a lot of time watching college football, uh, professional football, um, but anything to do with sports, that's that's pretty much my free time. There we go. I love it. I love it. And so when you say investments, were you like an investment analyst, like a venture capitalist? Like what were you doing? Yeah, so I worked uh, as w- what we call an actuary. So not a lot of people know what actuaries do, um, but basically we're math nerds. Uh, most actuaries work for an insurance company designing financial related products. So if you have life insurance, uh, investment con- investment annuities, um, investment vehicles, if you have car insurance, all that was designed by actuaries. Uh, so that was my background. Specifically, I was in the life insurance division designing life insurance products. Uh, so that was my specialty before Symbol. I got you. And are those products not already established? Like, are you designing new ones? Are you optimizing? Yeah, a little bit of both. So uh, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of evolution. Um, so just as uh, you know, contracts get older, as new products come out, updating the current contracts, um, updating current investments, then also designing new features. Um, so for example, uh, you know, when the S&P comes out, you know, designing the ability for life insurance to be invested in the S&P 500, as opposed to the Dow Jones, right? There's just different, a lot of different options that go into life insurance type policies and for different types of people. Um, not life insurance doesn't, you know, all fit one person. People yep. have different needs, different wants. So designing different products for different, different purposes. There we go. I love it. Well, awesome, man. Tell us about Symbol. Yeah, absolutely. So the best way to describe is you already did. We are creating a stock market for sports. Um, So our goal is to create a platform that allows users to invest in virtual shares of their favorite professional sports teams, just like they'd invest in companies in the stock market and cryptocurrencies and NFTs, uh, all that good stuff. So as we talked about my background, uh, love for investing, uh, background in investing, but I've always had this great love for sports, fantasy sports, um, you know, playing with your friends, playing with your work colleagues, uh, betting on sports. And the goal of Symbol is to combine both of those two industries to create a really exciting platform for, for a lot of young people who are interested in this idea of sports gambling, but also interested in the investing-based principles. Uh, and Symbol is really the combination of both of those. And is this happening in a Web3 kind of aspect? Like, is the main currency going to be like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all the cryptocurrencies? Yeah, great question. So right now we are a web two based platform. So we have an in-house database. Uh, we're coming out with a mobile app uh, here in a couple of weeks um, or July 25th is the launch date of that. Uh, so everything's, everything's web 2.0 uh, right now. 
we are in the process of updating uh, our platform to be Web 3.0. So trading USDC, um, having maybe a Bitcoin component in there. We're still ironing out some of the details, but there will be a Web 3 component uh, come beginning of 2023. I got you. I got you. Okay, that's really cool. And you said it's pairing sports betting with kind of the analyst side of things all in one platform. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So instead of saying, hey, you know, you're going to bet on the New England Patriots to win this game, instead of just betting on a, with a sports book to, for the Patriots to win that one game, uh, on Symbol, you, we allow users to invest in shares of these teams. So using that example, you can invest in a share of the Patriots for one day, for five days, for 10 days, for one year, for two years. Uh, it's really up to the user. So by doing so, we allow the user to control the length of their investment. And by creating a stock market-based platform, instead of like a traditional sports book, it's peer-to-peer. So whenever you have a peer-to-peer network, it lowers the traditional fees, creating a better opportunity for more sports fans. So instead of competing against, you know, DraftKings or FanDuel to try to beat them, you're competing with the market to try to beat the market, which is a better uh, solution for most users. I gotcha. I gotcha. And so what does your interface look like? Like, does it look like a stock chart with like candlesticks and stuff? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to look very similar to Robinhood, to Coinbase, to uh, any of those, uh, you know, modern trading apps. We actually uh, just finished the design of our mobile app. And if you put it up next to uh, like Coinbase or Robinhood or BlockFi or any of those crypto companies, it's going to look very similar to that. But instead of cryptocurrencies, it's sports teams. That is so interesting. I think (laughs) my brother's a day trader, which is why I'm kind of thinking about it like this. You think there'll be people who day trade on your platform? Yeah, we already have them. Um, so right now we have uh, 13,000 registered users that are actively trading on the platform. Um, we've got a couple of different types of users. We've got uh, sort of your, your typical day trader who's trying to find edges in the markets, right? Every single day when news breaks, you know, they're trying to figure out who's going up or down. We've got, you know, one year, call them one year users that are looking for, hey, you know, I'm going to align my portfolio for this next year, right? I think the Packers are undervalued. I think the Bengals are overvalued. I really like the New York Knicks trying to trade for Donovan Mitchell, right? So you have these users that are looking at a one-year platform. Then you also have just sports fans, right? They're they're from a city. They like their entire city. So they're going to buy the Chicago Cubs, the Chicago Bulls, the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Bears just because they're from Chicago and they want to be invested in their favorite uh, their favorite sports teams. So we have a couple different types of users on the platform. I got you. I got you. Okay. That's really awesome. Well, cool. Tell us a little bit more about your motivation. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, uh, Symbol does most days. Um, It's one of those things where I'm really blessed. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel this way, especially when they're involved in the startup is you're working on your passion every single day, right? So I'm sitting here working for, you know, 8, 10, 12, 14 hours a day. And it doesn't even feel like work because it's something that I'm doing for myself, for my own company. Um, So that's a great motivation. You know, being able to work on your passion day in and day out is really easy to get up in the morning. It's really easy to stay, stay late at work. Uh, so that's the biggest motivation each and every day for, for me. I got you. I got you. There we go. Working on your passion. And so when did you take the leap? Like when you were taking the leap, what like really pushed you over the edge? Cause I feel like it's hard to go from W2 to straight up startup life where you're raising funds. Yeah, that's a great question. We're, we're in the middle of a fundraise right now. Um, so that's, uh, it's definitely a stressful time period, but, um, yeah, so Symbol launched uh, in fall of 2020. Uh, that, I was still working full-time as an actuary. Symbol was a side hustle. It was this idea that I had in my head that, like, oh, this would be kind of cool. Like, if I was a user, right, I'm big into DraftKings and fantasy sports and betting on sports. But 
is like, if I was a user, I think this would be kind of cool. So we designed it. Um, my co-founder is a CTO, is our CTO. He developed the platform. So we were playing around with this. We did this like a live beta uh, in the fall. Um, again, was working full time. It was really, I mean, it, it's a longer story. I'll, I'll try to keep it short, but um, basically I was sitting in my, my home office, right? Cause it was, this was the middle of pandemic 2020. Um, I was sitting in my home office and I was, you know, getting an output from this mo- this financial model and I was going to send it off to my boss. And it just kind of hit me. I'm like, is this, is this really what I'm going to do for 40 years? Right. Am I, am I going to type into a keyboard? Am I going to get an output and I'm just going to email it to my boss? And like, that's my day. Uh, and I was, I was actually seriously thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, it's a good life, right? Nine to five. I collect a paycheck. You know, I go out for drinks after work. We, you know, work out, play, pick a basketball, right? Like that's a, that's a great life, but is that what I want to do? Um, and that's when it started to hit me like, oh, symbol could really work. Uh, we had been working on symbol for a couple months at the time. We had our first 50 users and we had a user email us and he was a college age kid. He goes, this is so awesome. How can I work for you guys? Like, I want to help out in any way I can. And he, we, we brought him on just doing some like different social media stuff, like reaching out to people on Twitter for us, um, doing some marketing stuff. And I'm like, man, like if other people want to work for this, like, why am I still working at this job? Right. Why don't I go do this full time? Uh, and that's when it really hit me, the combination of, do I really want to work nine to five for 40 years? Uh, and this idea that, Hey, symbol could really take off. And both of those combinations, uh, is what, you know, pushed me over the edge. Uh, so January of 2021, right at the new year, I said, all right, I'm going to take the leap, go for it quit my job, uh, started symbol full time. And now we're 18 months in and we're off and running. There we go. There we go, man. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Well, tell us about your vision for symbol, your company and your life. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our goal for uh, symbol pretty lofty goals is we want to be, uh, the next draft We want to be bigger than draft games, right? So when people talk about the sports gaming space in five years, we want it to be, you know, FanDuel, DraftKings, Symbol, right? We want to be mentioned with those, with those big players. Uh, and by doing so, I think we have, I, you know, with our product, I think we have a good opportunity to do so. Um, so that's our five-year vision is, you know, right now we've got the 13,000 plus registered users. Five years, we want to be over 7 million. I think DraftKings is at like 7.5 million um, or maybe 8 million now. And our goal in five years is to be right up there with them. Um, so from a, from a company perspective, that's our vision. That's where we want to be. Um, you know, a lot of work to do before then on product, on marketing, on, you know, customer acquisition, all that good stuff. Um, but we've got a good team to do that. So, uh, so that's from the company side, um, from a personal side, uh, always love the idea of a big family, right. Just from a, from a personal perspective. Um, so hopefully in five years, uh, been dating my girlfriend for a couple of years. Um, hopefully at some point that turns into marriage and then family and kids beyond that. I've always been, I've always had the dream of being you know, hopefully after symbol sells and, and, you know, we're scaled up and, and set financially being the, uh, you know, baseball coach and the basketball coach and all that good stuff. <laughs> I got you. I got you. So it's like really scale symbol next five, 10 years, and then your kids will probably be around, you know, three to five years old, they'll be growing up. And then that's when you're like, okay, sell symbol. Maybe you have some type of activity in it, but no more 14 hour days and more of like the dad coach. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hope, hopefully I'll still be running it, right? If we're big enough, hopefully I can still run it, but it won't be the same startup grind, right? There's a transition that happens of, you know, there's five, five of us working on it right now. Hopefully in five years, there's 5,000 of us working on it and it's a little bit less, uh, uh, you know, doing all the roles at once. Maybe you could take a step back at that point. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Have you read the book, Who Not How? Uh, I have not. Who Not How? Do you know who that's, who that's by? It's by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin P. Hardy. Okay, I'll, I'll add that to my list. I haven't. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you're kind of already doing it 
with the sense that you are start like I know you have the concept in your mind, otherwise your business would fail pretty quick. But always a good read. Always a good read. Takes like four hours or something like that. Well, awesome, man. So we got make symbol as big or bigger, bigger than DraftKings, not or yep. or maybe bigger. Bigger. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. And then you love the idea of a big family. Are there any other dreams or goals that you want to chat about? Yeah, I mean, in general, I mean, a lot of this is is pretty standard stuff. Um, you know, hopefully the idea at some point of I, I love building things that matter to people. So the first, you know, the first step is this direct to consumer app. It combines two of my passions, um, you know, hopefully creating this really engagement, engaging app that really helps people and, and helps them engage with sports and helps them learn investing techniques and a lot of that stuff. Um, but after that, I think building other things uh, uh, that help people. Uh, maybe not in the direct-to-consumer app like we are now, right? Right now we're providing entertainment and opportunity to make some money. Um, but after that, moving into maybe more of a nonprofit role or something along those lines where instead of, you know, profit-seeking for entertainment, maybe it's working with um, working with the homeless or working to help solve po- poverty and a lot of that good stuff. That's a lot of just jumbled up in my head right now. There's not a lot of real action right now, uh, but hopefully in the future, that's what we can move to. I feel that. I feel that. Uh, run me through your base baseline kind of initial ideas for what your nonprofit would be and ending homelessness or whatever it may be. Yeah. So I think, and this isn't, I wouldn't say this is a revolution idea. A lot of people are working on this and I would probably just be one of those people that help working on it. Um, but helping, uh, young people through this idea of sport, uh, and creating financial literacy. Um, so my background personally, I grew up very, very blessed. Um, both my parents have financial backgrounds. So from a young age, uh, you know, I had this baseline inherent um, understanding of finances, personal finances, how to save, how to work, um, how to spend your money wisely, uh, how to invest, right? I, I was born with that as what I grew up with, but not a lot of people are. Um, so I think in the future, there's a combination, whether it be with symbol uh, or without symbol, um, most likely without symbol, um, in trying to teach financial literacy through this idea of sports, whether it be, um, you know, through after school programs, uh, or through this idea of teaching people how to invest with something that they're more comfortable with, which is like sports teams. And I think there's an opportunity to uh, create engagements for young kids to learn that financial aspect and, and financial literacy um, with maybe something less daunting than be like, oh, you should invest in the S&P 500, right? Making it more engaging and making something like that that you could teach with, through schools or through JA programs. Um, so that's kind of the first idea I have. Again, it's not really flushed out. It's sort of jumbled up there, but I think there's an opportunity to teach financial literacy in better ways. Yeah. Yeah. No, financial literacy amongst kids. That's by far the best way to do it. Like if everybody was financially illiterate, we would not really have problems. <laughs> yeah. Have as many problems. There would be some just baseline human problems, but the majority of our kind of simple problems would go away, I'll say. Well, awesome. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. I think it, it's one of those things I think is it's empowering, you know, the whole saying, right. Uh, give a man a fish eats for a day, teach a man how to fish eats for a lifetime. I think that's the same idea on the financial literacy side is you can dump money on people, right? And that solves a really short-term issue, right? It helps them get their next meal. But if you can teach financial literacy from a young age, you're right. It does solve a lot of issues where, you know, as soon as they get their first job, hopefully they're saving a little bit more, investing a little bit more. And it creates a lot of, it does solve a lot of problems down the road. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm 100% right there with you. Well, cool, man. If there were one or two people you can meet right now, and this could be a specific person or a type of person, and they'd really help you take the next step towards making Symbol as big, my bad, bigger than DraftKings, who would this person be and how would they help you? Yeah, that's a great question. I think 
the most obvious answer just because we're a sports tech startup is Mark Cuban, right? He's the, the ultimate, you know, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, entrepreneur, tech guru. Um, so I think that's the obvious answer, right? If we got a Mark Cuban's radar, he liked what we were building. I think, you know, he'd obviously be really helpful. One thing that we want to do uh, with Symbol long-term is partner with every team and every league and every organization across not only the United States sports, but across the world. Um, so getting involved with, say, like the Dallas Mavericks with Mark Cuban or, um, you know, Michael Rubin and the 76ers, right, or get, getting in front of some of these entrepreneurs um, who are connected with the leagues would be a huge step for us as we continue to scale Symbol up. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. An idea for like um, entry-level kind of partnerships that might be lower stakes for the organizations. Like if you do their like semi-professional teams, like the NBA G League or something like that. I don't know. I'm sure you guys have thought of that actually, but just a thought. Yeah. So one thing that we're looking into, so right now on Symbol, we have sort of the major professional sports, right? NBA, NFL, MLB, college football, NHL, sort of the big five sports in the U.S., um, but as we continue to scale, a few opportunities that we are seeing in like growing sports are like MLS soccer or lacrosse is honestly a big one. Um, these up and coming sports that are more willing to say partner with a startup and who could use the, the upfront revenue more so than these bigger leagues could be huge partnership opportunities and huge scaling opportunities for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so do you need the partnership to give people um, equity in the teams? Yeah. So that's one thing that we're super clear on. We, we are a game, right? We, we are not, when you buy a, a share on symbol, you buy a share of the, the new England Patriots, you're not buying equity in the actual teams, right? You don't, you're, you don't own their cash flows. You don't own their balance. You, you don't own anything. It's a game of skill um, similar to like daily fantasy sports or fantasy sports. Um, so you're, you're buying these virtual shares and the shares price move based on the performance of the team. So it's not like, Oh, you need to buy the Patriots because the Patriots make money, you know, in real life. Right. You're buying the Patriots because you think the Patriots on the field are going to win a game. Um, so because that's how we're set up and it's a game of skill, um, we actually don't need the uh, partnerships with the specific teams to be able to report their scores. It's part of a fair use policy. But the best user experience that we can provide is, you know, being the official you know, market of the NFL or being the official market of the Dallas Mavericks. Right. Um, so hopefully uh, we'll, we'll get some of those in the future for our users. I got you. I got you. There we go. There we go. So partnering with teams big names and um, up and coming and up and coming sports as well. And then Mark Cuban. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Mark Cuban would be a great investor for us. We're actually in the middle of a fundraise. So if he listens to your podcast, Mark, um, feel free to shoot us an email. I know. Maybe I'll just email him this episode specifically. Be like, Hey, exclusive early access or something like that. to catch Yeah. Us. Yeah. <laughs> a- absolutely. That'd be, that'd be the ultimate, uh, 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 scale up for the podcast, right? Get Mark Cuban to listen, get get an investment for us from your podcast. That'd be, that'd be pretty cool. It really would be. Then I have to start charging people to come on the show. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Good selling point for you. (laughs) No, I want to keep it free, but it would be fun. It would be fun. Well, awesome, man. What are the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to really help you scale symbol to be bigger than DraftKings? Help people, how people can help us scale symbol. Everyday people, Sally at the grocery store, if you met her right now and you were like, here's how you can help me. Man, absolutely. Go to www.symbol.com, create an account, check us out. Um, you know, we need more users, right? That's kind of the first step of a market is getting used on the platform. So if you're listening to this and you are at all interested in the stock market or sports idea, check out www.symbol.com. Uh, completely free to make an account. Um, after that, two things that you can directly do to help us. One is we need feedback on, on the platform, right? We're, we're trying to create a direct to consumer app, meaning 
we need this to be the most user-friendly, pretty looking, uh, you know, good looking app that we can possibly get. So uh, once you download the app uh, or either the website or the app, uh, email us your feedback, any thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, and then second is share it with somebody. Um, if you know a sports fan, if you know someone who's interested in fantasy sports, if you know someone who's interested in stock market-based investing or crypto-based investing, um, tell them about us. Uh, we're looking for all, like I said, all the users, all the partners, all the employees uh, that we can get to help scale us. Um, so those are a few practical uh, things that people can do to help us. Do you ever see yourself getting so big that DraftKings tries to um, acquire you? That, that, would be a, that would be a good problem to have. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely an opportunity. And that's one of our exit strategies. Um, when you have a startup, there's two ways to um, sort of make the money. Uh, it's either at the end, you either, or three ways, actually. You cash flow it, right? So we hold on to it. We, we keep the profits. Two is we go to an IPO, become a publicly traded company. Uh, or three, you get bought by someone in the industry. Um, so if, if we got to the point where we were making enough noise and, and our product was that loved by people, that DraftKings was interested, that's a, uh, a good in inquiry to have. Yeah, yeah, I could definitely see DraftKings being interested in this because it sounds like there's a, it's just a really good idea. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, we think so too. Uh, we're a little biased. Uh, um, it is always good to, to hear people. Um, you know, it's one of those things where, uh, you know, in the startup world, right, you hear a bunch of ideas and you're like, ah, you know, I don't know if that would work or I don't know how that applies to me. When we talk to sports fans or people in the business world and we pitch symbol like the stock market for sports, the number one response we always get is, it feels like that should exist already. And we're yeah. like, huh, that's probably a good problem to have if no one's done it, but it feels like it should exist. Um, that's good validation. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I completely agree with that sentiment. So as I'm sure the listeners will. <laughs> yeah. well, awesome, man. Now we're going to jump into our thriving three. Okay. First question is, what is your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Pick one. All right. Um, currently, right now, uh, favorite podcast is the all in podcast. Um, couple billionaires, uh, uh, David Sachs, Chamath, um, all those guys. It's a really great pro uh, podcast. If you're interested in business, want to know about markets, politics. Um, it's a really, really, really good podcast to listen to no matter what side of the aisle you're on, no matter what you believe in. Uh, it's really informative and it has really good discussion. So I would recommend that to anyone who's interested in sort of business politics, anything like that. There we go. The all in podcast. And what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Uh, working out, uh, workout buff. Um, it's gotten a lot harder, uh, you know, as we're in the startup and working long hours and stuff like that to get the motivation. Um, but definitely working out is, is a passion that, you know, I think is good. It helps clear my mind. Um, today over lunch, I, was, I got out and uh, shot the basketball around a little bit. So that was, that was a lot of fun. There we go. There we go. And what is one action step you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to meet Mark Cuban? Oh, that's a good question. Get you to send him this, uh, send him this podcast. That's, yeah. uh, that's number one. No, uh, I think we're, we're in the process of doing it right now. So uh, as we go through this fundraise, um, we're trying to meet a lot of connections, a lot of VCs, uh, a lot of investors. Uh, so just trying to continue to grow that network until we get to the point where Mark, we're on Mark Cuban's radar and hopefully an investment that he'd want to make, uh, make in the future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm curious to know about your current customer acquisition process. Now I know you're a startup. I don't know how much you can share with us, but if you can share, please do. If you can't just let me know. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, so we've got um, three main buckets for customer acquisition that we are really settling on that have worked really well for us. Um, first is organic socials. So we have a TikTok account that has like 105, 110,000 followers gets, you know, eight to 10 million views a month. 
Um, so organic social driving that driving those viewers, those users to our mobile app, to our website has been absolutely huge for us. Um, we're starting to get a growing Instagram. Our LinkedIn page is pretty solid. Um, so using our own assets to actually drive people to our uh, company has been absolutely huge for customer acquisition costs and, and, and keeping that cost low. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, number two is uh, partnerships. Um, so partnering with strategic podcasts, uh, sports podcasts, sports betting podcasts, YouTube channels, um, partnering with those people to, to introduce symbol to their audience, whether it be coming on shows, uh, like yours, uh, or by do, running ads on, you know, sports gambling shows and stuff like that. We've had a lot of success with previously, we partnered with a company called pro football focus, um, which is one of the largest analytical, uh, NFL companies essentially out there. They've got, you know, huge subscriber base to their podcast and to their, um, to some of their analysis. Um, so we partnered with them last year and they were a huge benefit to us driving people to our traffic. So strategic partnerships is number two. And then number three, which is what everyone's doing is uh, social media ads, right? Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, now TikTok, Snapchat, um, really driving people uh, to the website, to the app through, through social media channels. I gotcha. I gotcha. I like that. It's a lot of ads, but I like the strategic ads. Yeah, right. Ads make the world go round, right? It's it's if you if you go look, um, it's actually interesting. I don't know if any of you users know this, but you can actually go see all the live Facebook ads right now. You can just search them and they'll show a list. Um, so if you go look in our industry, right, DraftKings are running them, FanDuel is running them, a bunch of other companies are running them. So it's one of those things where if you want to be out there, you kind of have to compete with them. The strategic podcast is where we, we find most of our value uh, and we drive the best user conversion. Um, because what we do is we really look for, for podcast hosts who are actually interested in Symbol. We don't just go to anyone and say, hey, advertise Symbol to your audience. We want to make sure that the host enjoys Symbol, understands it, wants to be involved, is comfortable promoting it to their audience, and is actually in the market themselves. Yeah. So that's one of, the, one of the things that we actually require of our partners is that they deposit into Symbol and actually use it like a user would. And that way we know that, hey, they're willing to do this, so they're going to promote it better to their audience. Because we've had some people that, that weren't as interested in the market, but they were doing a money grab, uh, you know, trying to advertise for us. Um, so the strategic partnerships is a huge, huge thing for us is we want to make sure if you're promoting it to your audience that you are bought in and that you believe in sort of the vision of the company. Um, so that's one thing we really look for with partners. I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, very nice, man. I like that uh, customer acquisition model. I have, I guess just recently, like in the past six months, probably, really been on like a Russell Brunson and Alex Hormozy kind of binge. And so I like the kind of dream 100 aspect of your strategic partnerships that you're employing. I was just curious to see if you were doing it or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The other, the other big one for us is uh, owning the assets that we're uh, promoting on, like through TikTok is a huge benefit. Yeah. Uh, and then also just engaging with our audience, right? The, our TikTok channel is not just straight ads. We're, it's not like every video is like, Hey, go so, sign up for symbol. Here's a $10 deposit bonus. Right. We're, we're engaging with an audience. We're creating a community around uh, sports knowledge and profiting off of sports and investing in sports. Uh, and it's really good for both for both acquisition and for education for our current users, because we post a lot of content about how to use symbol, you know, the best way, best strategies, stuff like that. Um, so it creates a really organic way to, to drive people to the app without just being a straight like, hey, go sign up and here's a 10 out. Use this promo code X, Y, Z, um, which is good. Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. Well, awesome. We got one last series of questions for you, and they're going to require a bit of pretext. So stick with me. All right. Okay. So a lot of people have come on the podcast and they've said that the catalyst that helps people change from having a fixed mindset, not willing to accept help and not willing to accept change to having a growth mindset, B 
being willing to accept help and being willing to accept change. The catalyst that helps people make that switch is a personal choice that happens after either extreme inspiration or extreme desperation. Do you agree, disagree, have anything to add or subtract? Wow, that is a, that's a pretty, that's a pretty deep question. Um, <laughs> I don't know is also that, an answer. That, that's really interesting. Uh, I'm thinking through. So actually one, one, uh, a quote that I just heard. Um, so, so in general, I, I actually agree to a certain extent. So we'll start with that. Yeah. Um, what, one, one quote that I just heard, or not necessarily a quote, more of a, a tidbit or something to live by is um, inactivity leads to more doubt. Right. So if you're just stuck in the center and you, so for example, going back to me thinking about starting simple, the, the longer I sat there and thought about it, the right, the riskier it became is like, ah, like it's harder to leave this W2, like you said, to go, you know, take a salary cut for longer hours. Right. So, so the longer you're inactive, the more doubt that it, that sinks in. So I think there is a catalyst to a big change of, of wanting something different or making that move uh, is a personal choice. Right. I made the choice of, all right, I'm going to overcome this doubt. I'm going to be active. I'm going to engage with symbol, try to grow it. And then once I got the confidence of starting to move towards it, I'm like, okay, now I can make the jump into it. So I think there is um, something to the, the personal choice uh, leading to a catalyst of change as opposed to um, desperation. Although I think desperation can do it. I think it's not as powerful as someone sitting there and being like, this is the, the reason why I'm making this decision. And here's the facts behind it. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. I th I, the personal choice is really the key. Like initially I thought it was just inspiration or desperation, but plenty of people pointed out to me that it's like, you can be the most desperate person in the world. If you never make a choice to change, nobody can change you, no event can change you and you're going to be stuck. Yep. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think the personal choice, and that's the thing that I had to overcome um, was, yeah, I had inspiration to, to start symbol. I had a, you know, a little bit of desperation. I mean, you know, I didn't really, 100% love my current role, right? So there's some desperation to try to, you know, make that change. But I think it was the personal choice of thinking through like, man, I think this can work. Here's how it's going to work. All right, now I'm going to make that happen. And that was the choice. I was like, all right, let's start on, on the path of growing symbol. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. There we go. And so given that same amount of extreme inspiration and extreme desperation, why do you think some people make the choice to change and others don't? Oh, I think. I think the people that know what they want or who come to, who come to this realization that they know what they want, they find their passion, they find their dreams and they want to work towards that. That's when they make the personal choice to actually make that change. I think the there are people that are desperate, but if they don't know what they're working towards, they don't have a goal. They don't have a dream. Um, they don't have a passion. Then I think it's harder for them to change. Even if they are desperate, even if they are inspired, right? You can be inspired about stuff, but if you don't have a specific thing that you're passionate about or a specific dream that you want to achieve, I think it's really, really hard to make those changes. So I think the people that do make changes, they might be desperate, they might be inspired, but they also have a lot of introspection and they know, hey, this is my dream. Okay, now I'm going to change to go make that happen. I think knowing who you are and what your dreams are is probably the biggest important for personal choice to be able to, to move in, in the right direction. Yeah, yeah. And so you're saying people who don't just probably lack that clarity. Yeah, and I think a big, a big thing that I had to learn uh, – you know, and it's still, a, it's still a growing process for me, right? I'm not there is this idea of discernment. Um, a lot of people think of a discernment uh, from like a religious perspective. And that's a lot of my background too, growing up um, in a religious environment is this idea of discernment where it's thinking through what you want, thinking through how you're going to get there and then consulting with the people around you, right? So it's not just a personal thing. You're consulting with friends and family and loved ones 
you're thinking through it yourself. And then once you have that discernment of this dream that you want to achieve, then it's about making the change to go, uh, go make that happen. So this idea of discernment is kind of the initial part of figuring out what you want and you know, who you are, what you want is I think step one. And then once you have that, it's, it's making that action to go move on. So I think discernment is a really important exercise for people um, to go through. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And for those people who are like, I've never done discernment. That's kind of scary to me. What would you say to them? Uh, it is scary. It's not an exact science. I think the first, the first thing that, you know, there's a lot of tools out there that can help. Um, so, you know, a lot of books that can help. Um, so a, a book that I really enjoyed was um, 12 Rules for a Successful Life. It's a Jordan Peterson book. Um, it's just going through, um, you know, this idea of 12, thing, 12 simple things you can do in your life to just order your life, right? It's like, make your bed, stand up straight, talk to people, really practical things. Um, so there are some books out there that can certainly help. Um, and if, if people want to reach out to get a few of those, I can certainly provide a few. Um, but I think the first question is just maybe spend one to two minutes a day being like, what do I want in life? Right. That's kind of the first question. Yeah. Once you get that, okay, I have this, I, I want these few things. It's like, okay, well go talk to your friends and family. Do they think that you want those few things based on how you act, based on what you do day to day? And if they're like, man, you're way off. Like you don't act like you want those things. So either your actions need to change or your dreams need to change. That's kind of step two is first figure out what you want. Two is talk to the people around you who know you and see if those align with the way you're acting. Because a lot of times we have a hard time looking back at ourselves and like, you know, figuring out how we act. So the big part of discern is talking to loved ones about um, their perception of you to see if it aligns with what you, you know, kind of think of yourself. Gotcha. And in this discernment, um, I foresee a problem for some people where their friends and family are really negative, limited people. And then they kind of impose their negativity and limits on that sibling or son or spouse or whatever. And so my question to you is, what, what would you say to that person who just has a negative family? And it's like, I'm scared to go tell them my dreams and goals because they're just going to stomp on them and keep me where I'm at, which is where I'm unhappy. Yeah, yeah, that that's that is a, an issue with discernment. Um, that that is an issue to overcome. I think I use family as an example, right? It can be friends, it can be a community, it can be coworkers, right? It can be anybody. And if if you have a, a, a you know a, a surrounding of you know your ten closest people are all negative towards you, I think that's the first thing you need to do is figure out you know do you have the right ten people around you? Yeah. Um. So if you, if you're if you're at that point, then you know external discernment is maybe not the route to go. Maybe it's finding a core group of people um, that have faith in you, that believe in you, that have, you know, common interests, common goals and surrounding them, you know, surrounding yourself with those people. Um, there are going to be negative people in your life, no matter what, uh, yeah. you know, if, 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 you know, you talk to 10 people, I tell them the idea of symbol, uh, you know, three, you know, one, two, three, five of them might say it's a bad idea. The other five might say it's a great idea. And that's where the idea of discernment comes from is you're not just talking to one person, right? You're talking to five, 10, 15 people, um, about what you want. And then you're getting a whole range of, of perspectives. Um, so if you do have a lot of negative people in your life, I would say that's the first address is let's find people that are positive and that are willing to support you. Um, after you have that community, then it's okay, let's go talk to them about your dreams and goals to see how they can help you in, in, in that way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Our next question is that some people need a smaller amount of inspiration or desperation to change and others need a larger, more consistent amount. What do you think establishes that threshold and can it be influenced? Yeah, I think there's a big, uh, there's a big internal motivation versus external motivation, right? Some people are just naturally internally motivated. That's just their, 
whether it be their, their mindset or that's, you know, nature versus nurture, right. Whatever it is that are, some people don't even need inspiration at all. And they're just like, I know what I want to do and I'm just going to go do it. Right. No nope. matter what, right. Whether Gary V is yelling in my ear to post, you know, a hundred TikToks a day or not, I'm going to post a hundred TikToks a day. Right. Uh, so, so some people are internally motivated. I think other people who, who don't know as much about what they want are needed. They need to be more externally motivated. Um, so I think those people who aren't like hundred percent concrete of like, this is what I'm reaching and this is how I'm going to reach it. They have a higher threshold for needing inspiration or motivation to be able to reach, reach those goals. Um, the people that are really certain this is who they are and this is what they're going to do. I think are a lot more, they need a lot lower bar. Um, so I think it, it, there's a nature versus nurture answer. I mean, the ultimate answer is, is maybe I don't exactly know, but I think there, there's some border of internally motivated versus externally motivated based on, um, you know, how confident you are in your dreams. I gotcha. Yeah. It sounded like, um, some of that motivation might be kind of on a spectrum with clarity. So it's like, as clarity increases or decreases, as confidence increases or decreases, the source of that motivation can increase or decrease. Yeah, that, that's a great way of putting it. That was, a, that was a lot clearer than the way I was describing it. But um, just for my personal example, I, I am 100% sure that Symbol can succeed. I know it can, right? We've got 1,000 users that, or you know, 13,000 users now that absolutely love our platform and that are using it, right? So I know this can succeed. So I don't need to go watch, write a bunch of Gary Vee videos to tell me like, oh, you need to work hard to, to scale it, right? Because I have that confidence. I think at the beginning, when I was maybe more unsure about symbol and, and, you know, the product itself and if people would really like it, then it was, I need a lot more inspiration and motivation on, Hey, what should I do next? You know, what should I test next? You know, I'm going to watch a bunch of videos to figure out, you know, what type of videos I need to be posting on TikTok, stuff like that. Um, so I think it is that spectrum of, you know, whether it be clarity or confidence, um, however you want to call that X axis of, of how much internal or how much external motivation you need. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we got one last question for you. Perfect. For this question, I want you to kind of keep in mind a person who has a really fixed mindset. They're not willing to accept help. They're not willing to accept change. Okay. All righty. Here we go. In Atomic Habits, James Clear talks about the four laws of changing your behavior. And the laws are make it obvious, make it attractive, make it easy, and make it satisfying. With that context in mind, and the avatar I just told you to keep in your head, how can we, you and I, create an environment that makes it obvious, attractive, easy, and satisfying for that person with a really limited mindset to make the choice that will change their life. The, the biggest thing that jumps out to me right now is making this, this idea of, you know, talking about clarity, attractiveness, easiness to accept. Uh, the first thing I think comes from lack of judgment, right? So these people that are, that are either closed off, right? They don't want to change or they're not interested in changing. I think a big part of that comes from not wanting to be judged for their beliefs or not wanting to feel like they're forced to change or people are criticizing what they currently believe. Mm -hmm. uh, so the person that I was thinking of, uh, they're very uh, like standoffish, right? You talk to them and, and you say, Hey, what, what, what do you think about this? And I'm like, well, no, that's totally wrong. And you're like, why? Well, because it is wrong. Right. And they don't want to have a, they don't want to engage in a dialogue because whether they feel like they're not comfortable in what they don't believe in um, or, or they feel like they're going to be judged for what they believe. Uh, I think those are like the big issues for people that don't want to change um, or don't have don't have an open mind. Uh, so I think, you know, having discussions with people, dialogues coming from a place of no judgment or coming from a place of you know not criticizing them for what they currently believe would make it a lot easier and a lot more attractive for people to have an open mindset. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. 
creating an environment where we just don't judge people. You think it'd be easy, but not so much. <laughs> it, it's a, it's a lot more challenging than it sounds, right? Because people have their priors, they have their beliefs, they've got, um, you know, uh, what do you call it? the subconscious thinking that, you know, maybe they might be thinking it, um, you know, rationally, it's just kind of, uh, you know, sitting in there. So uh, it is hard not to judge people. But I think it's something that could go a long way. And, and, you know, uh, fixing the either the discourse of our environment, or, you know, helping people to be open minded about other things. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, great, man, that's almost all we have for you. I really do want to ask you one more thing. With the 13,000 users you have, are you guys currently incentivizing them to give you referrals? We are. So we're actually with our mobile app coming out. Uh, our mobile app is really centered around uh, referrals. Um, so right now in, in, in social marketing, it's called the, it's called the K factor. Um, this idea of how viral is your product. Um, so basically a K factor of one means that for every user you bring in, they're going to bring in one more person. Um, so a company like Robinhood, who absolutely exploded with new users, might have a viral factor of like five. For every user they bring in, they, that user brings in five more people. Yeah. Um, so for us right now, we're a little bit over one, uh, which is good. So for every, you know, we bring in you, you bring in one friend. Uh, with the mobile app and the way we're centering around our referral program, we want to drive that up to two, three, four, five or beyond um, to really get that viral growth factor scaling symbol up to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. It's the invisible hand that just explodes businesses. <laughs> yep. That's exactly right. Awesome, man. Well, do you have anything else you want to chat about before we sign off? Uh, no, if you don't mind, I'd love to just shout out. I think I did it once, but if you want to check out symbol, go to symbol.com, um, at symbol exchange on Twitter, we got open DMS. Um, and then if, yeah, feel free. We have contact forms on our website. If you ever want to get in touch with me, ask me questions, clarify some answers that I gave on the podcast. Um, anything else, feel free to reach out. DMS are open. Uh, happy to engage with, uh, with anyone from this podcast, uh, or anyone else who, who might want to chat. So, uh, I think that's all I have. There we go. There we go. Well, if you guys, Kenneth, thank you for coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it, Timmy. This has been awesome. A lot of fun. Of course. And if you guys loved what Kenneth had to say, make sure to check out Symbol. The links will be down in the show notes. And let's get his K factor up to five. So go ahead and join and then invite five of your friends to Symbol. Awesome. That's great. That's a great pitch. I appreciate it, Timmy. Absolutely. I thought you'd appreciate that. <laughs> and as we always ask, go ahead and shoot this podcast to one to three people that you know need to hear this message. Preferably, they like to bet on sports. And shoot us a five-star review on iTunes. On that note, we're out. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one -on -one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.